0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: I'd like to get to something actually good. Uh, retired NASA astronaut Nicole Stott. Listen, there's there's a few things in this life you can do that, that truly make you uh, one in a million. And, and it's being an astronaut. There's no greater, I think... Uh, Adventure than leaving this planet. It's all the things you can do, everything we've done, everything you think you could do today uh, on the planet, on planet Earth, nothing compares to leaving this, this planet, this, this, the only habitat we know in exploring space.
0: Born November 19th in Albany, New York, she began her career as a structural design engineer, joining the NASA space program in 1988. She was a crew member on the NEMO-9 mission, where she lived and worked with a six-person crew for 18 days on the Aquarius Undersea Research Habitat, and spent a total of 104 days aboard the International Space Station, participating in one spacewalk and was one of the first astronauts to tweet live from outer space, And March 17th through 19th. You can meet her in person at the annual Planet Comic Con. Please welcome astronaut Nicole Stott.
1: Hi, Nicole. How are
2: you? Hi. Wonderful. How are you guys?
1: Well, well. Listen. Uh, congratulations on rolling into Kansas City for Comic Con. That's going to be that's going to be super fun.
2: I think so. You know, I've never done one before, and so this, I think, is the one to start with to yeah. do to yeah, be yeah. at.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think people look. It's it's great to meet, and 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 Bill Shatner's been a friend of the show, William, for for, for years and years, and, and yeah. it's great, and he's actually been to space
2: now. But yes, he has. But yes, he has, and I'm very thankful for his reflection on it as well.
1: Yeah, isn't it? I, I was actually in Nashville the day it happened, but I was so excited that it was happening. I remember I, I got off Broadway and went over, sat by myself on a brick wall with my ear pods and listening to it happen because I was like, please, A, let it go right. And B, I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to know what happened for, for William Shatter. Because, I mean, good Lordy. I mean, he's he is not brand new. You know what I'm saying? His warrantys expired. Right. expired. Right. It was awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, can, I can think of nothing I would rather do more. I would I would clear out my, my house, my meager bank account, everything for one chance to do that. <laughs>
2: Well, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It is it is awesome. And you know what's so cool is that that whole adventure side of it, you know, the launching, the flying in space and all that is is amazing, but it, it's pretty pretty awesome to think about the work we're doing there too. Sure. You know, that's ultimately all about improving life on Earth. Right,
1: right. And and you know, how far are we gonna get? There and there's so many different subjects we could we could go into right now because mm-hmm. we were talking earlier about the fact that you leave the earth's gravity and the way we're doing it now is and it sounds crazy to say antiquated, but we we have to have a better way. We have to have we can't carry the fuel the way we are. We're we just we have to be faster, we have to figure it out. And, and and we will. I just hope we do it in my lifetime.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of focus now is on um, how do we get off the planet in a way that we can start doing this, you know, to go places further right. from space, like be established in space in a way that we can be deploying ourselves from there to go to Mars or, you know, this transit back and forth from the moon. and. Um, and then look at, yeah, really improving just the whole entire way we get out of Earth's hold on us. is It's a pretty complex problem.
1: <laughs> and, and, yeah, of course. And and yeah. just, just the idea that the one thing we can agree on in this International Space Station is that we could all work together to benefit us humanity as a whole without the politicians and the bureaucracy. And, and I'm sure that comes into play a bit on the space station. But I, th- I feel like everything I've ever read or heard or watched about that was up there astronauts they they keep it pretty neutral
2: yeah it's it's pretty incredible in fact you know i'm not here to pitch that but i wrote a whole book about that about how this way the ways that we've somehow figured out how to work peacefully successfully as this crew in space on this mechanical life support system has turned out to be just the the, the most beautiful example for how we should live live in like crewmates down here on spaceship earth sure
1: no, and there's yeah. no doubt and you're under pressure and you're in a confined air, everything that would normally make people struggle to to get along. And and in spite of everything that goes along with that, from, from language barriers across the board, the stress yeah. of being there. You know, what what's happening right now with us they had to send Soyuz up what this morning because of the leak in the coolant, right?
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, I look at that like, um, you know, one of the first lessons I learned as a really young engineer from one of my favorite people is this, this philosophy of here's how we can, not why we can't, right. and believing there's a solution to every problem. And, you know, when something like this happens, we absolutely rally together all of these five international space agencies, you know, representing these 15 countries, and we figure out how we're going to safely, successfully um solve the problem and that's that you know i think the first step towards that was today was getting that new vehicle there and checking it out once it gets docked you know to the station and making sure that it's nice and sealed and ready to take those three humans back to earth you uh that first
1: time they strapped you in or no let me go (laughs) a little further back to that when they said you're going when you got your assignment you they said you're going you have a mission well uh, your head must have exploded
2: yeah, there's total disbelief, I think, in every phase of it. the, You know, the first of all, just getting selected to be an astronaut, I still pinch myself. I'm like, holy moly, how did that happen? Right. You, you know, and then all these things you go through leading up to getting assigned. And, yeah, once you get that assignment, you you know, I don't think you actually believe that you're going to go to space until you're in that 3-2-1 phase of the countdown, because <laughs> it just does. It's so surreal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's – uh, in, I, this, I just just popped into my head just now is there a recording is there a camera in in
2: your in the cockpit in the
1: capsule as you're as you're leaving earth like as as everything happens is there a recording of you do you have a copy of that have you ever watched it
2: there is recording and it's so nice to have that and i think the one thing i noticed um it was kind of like i expected except i expected to see us just shaking a lot more than what it looks like in the in the video and because, I mean, the inside of my body felt like it was jello shaking around. You, yeah. you know, it was just crazy. I'm like, how in the world can we shake like this and not fall apart? And uh, you don't see that in the video.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they had it stabilized. Yeah. Because, yeah, you, yeah, your organs just go to, li- what do they call that, liquefaction? You just, <laughs> just turn
2: inside. Yeah, yeah. It's just wild. And then, of course, you know, you're accelerating. So it feels like three of you are sitting on top of you. Uh. And, you know, right as that that seven million pounds of exploding rocket thrust stuff underneath you lights, right, you're like, holy moly, was I ever on a launch pad? This smile comes across your face that you cannot control. You're you know you're reaching out to high five the person next to you. You're trying to like woohoo, like sure. under your breath, so it's not unprofessional and everything, but it's just. <laughs> I mean, it's an amazing, as you can imagine, really dynamic, at least on the space shuttle, which is what I flew on both times. It's just this incredible energy that's happening to get us off the Earth. And I, as humans, you can't help but react to that. I don't I don't think you can
1: hold no. it all in completely. No, it's, it is. It's it's insanity is what it is. And it's the greatest. <laughs> it is. It's just insanity. <laughs> And, and well, it's
2: calculated, maybe calculated. Sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> but the fact that you're you're going on the greatest adventure that you possibly could as a human. There's no greater adventure than space. There's there's no further to go, no no less explored, no no more to know.
2: You know, you know what's so cool about it too, though. To me, is that I think about all of that that you're saying because I agree with you. Honestly, I agree with you. And then I think, oh my gosh, what were the lessons I learned while I was there? And they're so simple. It's like, wow, I live on a planet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, in space that's spinning at a thousand miles an hour and it just feels like this place we're supposed to be. And look at that, we're all earthlings, you know, the only border that matters, that thin blue line of atmosphere and how back to what you originally said, yeah. if we all could just figure out how to live like crewmates and not passengers how amazing the yeah. future we could have would be. I'm thinking that Star Trek feature, actually, as we come back to the Comic-Con thing. I know, I know, and that's it. By the way, if you're just joining
1: the show, Nicole Stotts with us, retired NASA astronaut. She'll be at Comic-Con uh, March 17th to the 19th. You can All these questions, you can come up, you can meet, take pictures, get an <laughs> autograph. But th- that's I have so many questions about all of it. Every astronaut we've ever had on, every one, you, you just end up trying to get as deep into that memory as you can, because it is uh, astounding to me and, and we, like we talked about before, William Shatner, he really yeah. got how fragile it is. When you get up and you realize you're in the, the vacuum of space that that is so uh, uh, uninhabitable on your own it, without mechanical life, it, um, you just realize, man, it's, it is just that atmosphere, that thin layer keeping us alive. Yeah. And we treat it like it's always going to be here and like nothing we can do can destroy it. And it's just all going to be fine. You're like, hey, man, there's nothing else. There's no more. This is all you got
2: yeah and that and this planet will survive us. it survived worse sure. than us, right sure. yeah. and i so I look at i I'm so thankful to the way William Shatner during his flight behaved too like floated up out of that seat and just was like looking around his and then just turned and was plastered in front of that window, experiencing that awe that wonder that was out there, and yeah. then being. Not And I, I watched that over and over again because I was so, um, like, just touched and impressed by the way he communicated it. And, I mean, he couldn't hold it back, right? It was, it was so amazing to see that, ener- that energy from him, right, needing to express what he just experienced. And, um, yeah, absolutely so thoughtful and honest and, um, yes. yeah, you know, and every astronaut feels that. And I, I was just happy that he wasn't wasting his time up there flipping around and doing little That's what I thought too. <laughs> that's was exactly like, what I thought too. Face in the window, dude. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That view's never coming around again. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Really, is an amazing thing. And I, and I hope. And and you know, I'm 54 now, and you're you're 60. Like in our lifetime, you just think, man, I just want to be on this planet long enough to see us really make that next big step. And and with Elon Musk, I will tell you, I got emotional. First of all, I saw him land a rocket, and it may not be as impressive to others, but for me, I went, wow, it's just, it was visually such a jump, and an idea was such a jump to have him land that rocket. I hope he doesn't go crazy and derail himself.
2: Yeah. Well, me too. And yeah. I mean, and then if you watched, did you watch the one, the the Falcon Heavy, where the two rockets came back and landed, like, yes. synchronized, you Insane. know? It was just gorgeous. Yeah. and. And it's yeah, I mean, we got to consider that. Re- I mean, the space shuttle was doing the reusability thing for a long time, and it's it's such an important part of it. But it's so cool to think that these are like the baby steps. They seem yeah. so. I mean, to me, I am I am in awe of them. It's they really are like the baby steps. And I do I have a vision of the Star Trek future, right, where we're exploring in ways we never even and you know thought of beyond the science fiction right now. That hopefully one day will become. Science fact, and as a person who's older, by the way, sixty—the new thirty. I'm just going to say that. I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) And so, I I mean, I just, yeah, I'm so looking forward to those next steps on the moon. How we're going to leverage that this satellite that's been in partnership with us—you know, it's just part of nature with us. um, How that's going to be bringing so much, so much goodness back to Earth by the way we can explore it, and then. Just keep going further from there. I get proclaimed.
1: I yeah, know. I understand. <laughs> I do. I get like since I was a kid, this has been my jam. Like like everything yeah. about it, I I dive because that's the closest I could get to space. Oh, uh, so
2: good. I've been in yeah.
1: submarines and, I, and I, you know because that's the closest you're ever going to get to that kind of travel on, on Earth and. It's just, to me, that's, it's been, you know, the first guys that went up, you know, when you talk about those first missions and landing on the moon, Mm -hmm. like there can be no greater hero, no tougher guy, no, no greater, (laughs) like, I'm like, there's nothing. I mean, it's just zero. Uh,
2: Yeah, I'm looking at that, forward to those tough chicks that are going to be up there, too. Yes, um, yes. On that, on that, that planetary body. And I just, yeah, I, I agree. I, but, you know, you mentioned diving. I think one of the things that going to space did for me and I, I get the sense from like Shatner and his his commentary on it too is that man we if you just look around yourself every day here we are surrounded by awe and wonder you know looking up like you said it, yes. you get to look at the sky that seems to go on forever and it's like veil thin wrapped mm-hmm. around the planet and just reminding ourselves you know feet on it that we are on a planet and To be, you know, to go underwater like like you're saying, and experience like being wrapped, like the planet's wrapping around you, and Mm -hmm. you're again in this place that you can't survive, but other creatures can. And there's so much that's otherworldly about it, right here on Earth. Right. That um, I I just I just hope everyone can wake themselves up to that. And
1: uh, yeah, I'm curious because being an astronaut yourself, Nicole, you. Now, you know, everybody's talking UFOs and UAPs, and I'm a believer, and I think maybe the part of me is because I want to believe, and the other part of me just logically says, listen, I don't feel like we could be the only living creatures, and I don't know what other form it may take, but in in this unknown world, and, you know, it it seems logical to me that there are real sightings of of stuff we can't explain that are people that are probably or, or, or beings that are not from this planet.
2: Yeah. I you know, I didn't see any when I was up there, but then we always joke that yeah. maybe they're just too small. We just can't. see. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And you know, you're certainly surprised by some of the stuff you see, like shooting stars below you out the window and things. And, you know, that just doesn't seem right. You know, we are designed to look up and see that kind of thing. Do you? And, um, but I agree with you. It is, we, you don't even, even this week, they're discovering things about questioning the big bang and what's, you know, how all of, I, it's just so the mystery of what's unknown is um, is pretty special, and I just hope that we can when we when we discover life that is tiny and different than us that we right figure out a way to respect it. Right, right, and if they're
1: <laughs> and if we're the tiny one, I hope that they don't decide right. just to, yeah
2: exactly. It works both ways, right? You uh, uh, and then finally,
1: because we were talking about the coolest system on the station. Now, uh, was it a, mi- a micro asteroid and? It just, but these things happen a lot, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of little particles moving at a very high rate of speed through space that just are random.
2: Yeah, and thankfully, the the ones that are a little bit bigger, we you know, we've got folks on the ground that can track that for us um, using all these space-based resources and stuff. And we occasionally move the space station, like you know, boost its orbit up or down and change the configuration and you know, get prepared for something that they think is in with this, you know, in this sphere of um, protection they have around the, you know, this imaginary sphere they have around the space station. And, but yeah, you know, you think about it, you're traveling at, on the space station, we're traveling at what 17,500 miles an hour, which is about five miles a second around the earth. So we orbit the earth every 90 minutes, 16 times a day. And, um, even something the size of a little paint chip going in the opposite direction at that right. same speed right. is is not going to be it's not going to be friendly to you. So, yeah, yeah we are um, we are acutely aware, I guess, of yeah. um, the risk of that kind of stuff and wanting to make sure we protect ourselves. From Certainly.
1: It. Well, for you guys listening, just for to be relative it, a gun shoots at maybe 1100 to 2000 depending if it's a rifle or a pistol but underneath 2000 2100 feet per second you're talking about traveling at miles per minute like it's insanity how fast that this that we're talking <laughs> about it's just it's it's almost inconceivable and it'll just pass through you and that's it like when you went out and did your your first spacewalk it it I mean that's everything is on there like hopefully mechanically it will go well technologically it will go well then what will it feel like then will i do the, the right thing will i get my my yeah. mission accomplished everything that must be going through your head and then the last one like and i really hope a little piece of matter doesn't just pass through me
2: you know yeah there's that and yeah. please remember to put my tether on yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's uh, what a life yeah. what a life nicole it's been extraordinary and i really feel so blessed and i'm you know i've i've I feel like um, now, you know, I'm on this mission of um, sharing the experience for sure and using art in a way to do that and working with this Space for Art Foundation where we believe we're uniting a planetary community of children through the awe and wonder of space exploration and the healing power of art, you know, space sure. art therapy. And it's like, it's so great the way, and I hope everybody does this, like, you take the experience you had that you think is the greatest one you ever could have. And then you apply it to something else and it, it just blossoms even more like nice. becomes something even better and more meaningful. And that's what I feel like I'm, you know, having the opportunity to do now. And I'm really looking forward to the comic con and, um, and being able to meet people and share it and-
1: I think um, you'll like Comic Con. Yeah. It's
2: it's the best oh, yeah.
1: kind of people. They're these are these are the, the we used to call them the greatest weirdos because we're all weirdos, right? And, yeah, absolutely. And, and they love and they believe and they have great imaginations. And this is yeah. their weekend. Like they get the happiest bunch of people you're ever going to meet. The most uh, creative and and thoughtful and open minded. Like I think you're going to have some great experiences. And you guys listening, when you go to Planet Comic Con this year, you're going to be able to meet. People who portrayed space creatures, space people, astronauts themselves. William Shatner will be there, of course, the great Captain mm-hmm. Kirk. But you also have a chance to meet an actual an astronaut, an actual astronaut who's been to the space station, who's, who's done spacewalks. Nicole Stott will be there, and seventeenth uh, through the nineteenth at the convention center, and and I'll be there too. So uh, I'll be the Yay. one. You, I'll be the one you wish will stop asking questions at some point.
2: No, I'm really excited, and I'm I'm thankful to the the folks at the Cosmosphere for introducing me to this and um, getting me invited.
1: Uh, I love the Cosmosphere. Most people don't know, and I think this is correct still, the most space-flown objects of any museum in North America, right?
2: You know, I don't know that, but it sure seems like it. After having visited, I just was... I mean, people need to get there. It is like, talk about looking at how sci-fi has come to sci-fact, and some of the most historic pieces of space, flown space hardware, are in that cosmosphere it is incredible yeah no it's uh dude, the first time
1: i went to the smithsonian uh in washington the, the Air in space and saw the capsule the first one i was like i mean i was i was emotionally i tore up i like tore up, like, like, tore yeah. up. and they'd be like man that's small yeah <laughs> it happened you're like this really happened like, you know. yeah all right yeah. So listen uh i cannot wait to uh meet you face to face and i appreciate you coming by the show today
2: yeah, thank you very much for having
1: me. Anytime Nicole, stay right now, put you on with Jake. Hold on.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.